Finally been cut. On the nose. Down on the ice they go. As McCormick teed off on Tyson Strickland. Welcome to the Hockey Family Podcast. I'm Tyson Strachan, and those clips that you just heard are a few of the bad decisions that I made throughout my career. Um, we've obviously created this podcast, uh, you know, to give an opportunity for some other hockey players to come on and, and talk about hopefully, you know, some good advice that they have. They can talk about some of those harder lessons that they learned as well. And uh, as always, I'm joined by uh, my former D partner uh, at, at the Ohio State University. Don't say that. Don't say the. Oh yeah, it's the. It's you have to say the. Um, you know, it's Johan Kroll, CFA, CFP, the founder of our firm, and uh, he's going to chat a little bit now. Yeah, um, really excited to have Carl Olsner on the uh, the, the podcast today. Um, another guest that actually was a teammate of both Strax and myself at, at one time or another. And um, when I was when I came in this morning to the office, um, I actually looked up and and like Carl, there you are, you're right up there. When we uh, we won a championship in Hershey, I think that was I don't know, oh nine or oh yeah, ten, so two thousand ten, maybe. Sounds about right. Yeah, um, just always looking over your shoulder. Yeah. Carl's won too many of them. He doesn't even remember years. He's got back to backs. Yeah. I had a good run. I had a good run of, of things and then it just halted pretty quick after that. <laughs> well, <laughs> As it just, does for most. Yeah. Well, well, I'll try to get into that. Carl, you know, just but awesome guy, uh, humble guy, as you can tell. I mean, you include playoffs, you know, well over 700 NHL games, just a, a really, really fun career. And um, is actually now back in D.C., uh, doing some broadcasting. So, Carl, just just to start, we'd love to kind of hear uh, some updates from from you and how your family's doing. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you very much. Number two on the podcast, that's that's pretty impressive that you'd even think of me for that. Normally, I'd be a lot further down the line. So, thank you for that. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, so I guess we, as as it happens for most hockey players, things end earlier than you always hope that they're going to end, right? You, uh, you have to make a pivot and you're not always, uh, necessarily prepared for it. Um, I luckily kind of saw the writing on the wall for me, um, a couple years before I ended up hanging them up and, uh, had started planning and in my plan with, uh, my wife, Mandy was always to come back to DC, right? That, that was kind of, it felt like home for us. We were here through our whole our whole twenties. And, um, we had so much fun. Memories were unbelievable. People were great. Um, and yeah, we found ourselves back home during COVID and we're like, like, we're not supposed to be here until I'm 40. Like I, we were supposed to retire here, right? Like I'm 30, 32 years old. What, what are we doing? And so we started, started thinking about it. And, um, it's a, it was a very, uh, I guess a weird pivot to go from playing hockey. Like I was to what I'm doing now, which is Beside doing some of the broadcast stuff, I'm actually working for a, a tech company doing um, cybersecurity sales, which is which oh. is very very different than uh, what I ever would have expected. But just to kind of give you the background and how that happens is, I'm I'm from Western Canada and where I was living, Kelowna, BC. It's kind of like it's like the the retired hockey player hotbed, right? That's where we all go to retire and 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 go on the lake and and do skiing and all that stuff and. The issue with that is, is if you want to get into hockey, your 
one of 75 or 100 other retired NHL players. With Most of them are a lot better than me, had better careers than me. So, you know, you want to coach the Kelowna Rockets? Yeah, right. We got Shea Weber here who's going to coach the Kelowna Rockets, right? Or you want to run a hockey school? We got Carey Price that's going to run this hockey. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, mm-hmm. geez, I'm just another guy here. Jerome McGinley is coaching a prep school there. So so if I wanted to do anything, hockey was really my only option. And, you know, the chances are a lot less. So I had actually talked to my neighbor when I was here, um, living in Arlington. I don't even know. When I was probably back in 2015. and um, it's kind of, I won't get, get into all the details, but long story short, he was, he was the same age as me, always walking up and down, down the street on his phone. And he's got nice cars, nice house. And I'm like, what the heck is this guy doing? Because everybody else is at work. This guy's just here on his phone all day. I'm cutting the grass. I know what I do to live in this neighborhood. What does he do? And uh, so finally I flagged him down. I'm just like, Hey, I got to ask, like, what are you, what are you up to all day? You're always on your phone. And he laughs. He says, well, I'm in cybersecurity sales. And I'm just like, cybersecurity? Like, okay, well, that's kind of foreign for me. Like, tell me more. So we end up talking. An hour goes by, hour and a half. Mandy comes out. She's like, what are you doing? You're supposed to just be plucking weeds and cutting the grass. And I'm like, oh, yeah, sorry. Just talking to the neighbor. And so that became a regular thing. Every every week, every two weeks, we just go out there and start talking. And then finally, after like a couple months of this, he's like, look, I, I don't know, you know how this hockey thing works and how long you're going to play, but when you're done if you have any interest whatsoever in getting into this industry like hit me up like we'll 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 find something for you because we can always use people that that have some sort of resume in this area in dc and also people that like to talk and we're out here talking an an hour at a time and so i at the time i was like yeah okay no it's not gonna happen and then sure enough you know like i said writing on the wall i'm like what am i gonna do how do i get back to dc because we're both canadian we don't have a green card so I, I hit up my buddy, his name's Dan, and just said, hey, look, I'm, I'm trying to find something to do. I'm, I'm bored at home. I, we want to come back to the States. Do you have any, any ideas? He's like, dude, we'll sponsor you for a visa. Come back out and work for us. Go to dinners, golf tournaments, talk to people. And I'm like, are you sure? Like, that's legit? He says, yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, what about vacations? What about summer? Right? Like, I'm used to having summers off. And he, his, his exact comment was, like you see how many vacations I go on? And I'm like, yeah, all the time on Instagram. <laughs> he says, you can work from wherever in this gig. And I'm like, okay, uh, done. So mm-hmm. we moved back here. Um, we ended up selling the place back home and just moving everything over this way. Um, I've been doing that now since um, since January 3rd of, of, of last year. So just over a year. And then it's been fun. It's been very busy and it's hard work. It's a lot to learn. Um, but that kind of monopolizes my day to day. And then when I, when I get to go and do some of these uh, broadcasts, it kind of, you know, keeps my, my, my foot in the door of hockey, because I was always told, you know, if you leave the hockey world, it's hard to come back unless you're a, a Gretzky, you know, or, a, or a huge name, a Messier, whatever, it's extremely hard to get back. And so, um, so yeah, I do that on the side and uh, it just gives me the fix that I need to be in the hockey world. So long winded answer, Back in DC, cybersecurity, tech sales, government sales, and uh, a little bit of hockey on the side. Carl, that's awesome. And um, you know, and just like what what we do for a living, and and like we see a lot of guys, um, you know, making that transition right from a hockey career. And uh, I, it, it's just wonderful that you've been able to make that transition into into something you enjoy. Um, 
uh, and that you can still you know stay involved, like you mentioned, with some with some broadcasting. So that's that, that that's really awesome to hear. And um, j- just to like rewind a little bit, you know, just in terms of like advice, um, we we always like to kind of start. Um, you know, whether, you know, when you're younger or, you know, maybe in junior or or even later in your professional career, like, what would you say is the best piece of advice you ever received uh, with hockey? Well, I, I think, well, one thing that, that, that I always think back on is, and everybody's gone through it, right? So for, for you guys, example, you, Say you get um, advice from your wife says, oh, you, you should go, go, go to physio. Your back's been bugging you, right? You should really go get that looked at. And you're like, nah, I'm not going to go do that. Then all of a sudden your, your old trainer, your doctor says, hey, you know what? I really think you should go get your back looked at because you know, maybe you can get that fixed. And you're like, oh, really? Yeah, you think so? Yeah, well, that's a good idea. I'll go and do that, right? So it's, it's listening. It's actually listening to the advice, right? Whether it's from hockey or, you know, physical issues, whatever it is, actually listen to it because people see things differently, right? Someone just recently, actually it was Alan May, um, who, um, was just saying that when I was playing, he always got mad at me for not shooting the puck enough at the blue line. And I'm like, oh, damn, really? Like you didn't think I shot enough. Like, obviously I know why I wasn't shooting. Cause I was trying to play the game safe and I didn't want the puck to ever get blocked or turned over. But then I go back and think, and I'm like, damn it, my mom told me that every single time I talked to her. She's like, why don't you shoot it more, right? And I'm like, I wish I would just would have listened to all these people because because it's good advice and people see things differently than you do. And it's hard sometimes to to see that from the inside. So I'd say that the best advice that I got was some of the stuff I never listened to was just was was to take a little bit more chances, right? Do things a little bit differently, get out of your comfort zone. And I, I mean, I was always just so comfortable you know, playing, playing D and, and staying in my bubble because that's what I thought made me successful instead of growing and getting, and getting better. And so, um, so yeah, it's, maybe it's a weird answer, but the best advice was the stuff I never listened to. And it was, it was coming at me from everywhere. So it was, it was just pay, pay more attention to that and take it, take it in and actually think about it instead of just brushing it off. Oh, that's a great answer. It is a good answer. That's one of those interesting things that, uh, I don't know, you you look back on uh, all those things that were told to you, and I feel like a lot of hockey guys get out of hockey, and then you look back and say, you know, there's a lot of regrets, right, mm-hmm. on, on things that you could have done, should have done. And so, yeah, a, a, a different answer than I totally expected for sure. But, uh, <laughs> well, even... It, I, I agree. Even even to build on that too, it, this is something that I um, it, it really it pisses me off now to think about it. But like I was always taught to be, you know, to to just you know nose down, work hard, you know, put in your work and be a good teammate and all that stuff. And I I really I thought that I was always I was always good at that. And so what happened, you know, towards the end of my career in Montreal is you know, I got I got healthy scratch for the first time that I ever been while I was there. I, I, I can't remember the exact number, but I was at like 600 something games straight. And then all of a sudden I get healthy scratch out of nowhere. First game of the season. And I'm just kind of like, like, okay, what, well, what's happening, right? Obviously somebody's going to talk to me and, and we're going to get this sorted out. Five games goes by six, seven, not a single word from anybody. And finally, I think it was eight games into the season. I still hadn't played. And, um, and I, 
the, the assistant coach talks to me, says, Hey, I don't, I don't know what went on last year. Cause he was new. It's like, but you're going to get in last game, you know, just make the best of it. So play two games and then same cycle, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm back out of the lineup. Right. And all that's going through my head is like, let's go, let's work, you know, show that I'm, I'm still committed, be a great teammate, all this stuff. And so that's what I did. You know, same thing. My agent talked to him about it and he's like, yeah, just, just keep working hard. They'll, they'll see that and they'll get you back in there. And so fast forward a bunch, that, that's what happened. I ended up playing like 13 games over the next two years. And, um, and so I'm done playing. I talked to, talking to Bruce Boudreaux and I said, Bruce, like just out of curiosity, if you've got a guy that's being healthy, scratched, um, not, you're not saying anything, just working hard, you know, good, good teammate, this and that. And then you have another guy who gets healthy scratched and he's just an asshole and he's not working and, and he's complaining and coming in the room every day. Like who's, who's the guy that that's going to play? He's like, well, he's like, unfortunately the guy that's bitching all the time is going to play because I don't want to have to deal with it. So I'll get him in the lineup. The other guy, I just appreciate that. He's, he's coming in doing his work and then getting out of here. And I'm like, damn it. You know, like I wish I would have been a little bit more of the squeaky wheel get in the lineup a little bit more and and play those games. And so it wasn't in my nature to do that, but it was, you know, the advice I got after the fact that you have to be a little bit more of an advocate for yourself. And I'm learning that with kids now as well. You have to advocate for your kids. Um, and, and we do that a little bit better, but I, I didn't, I didn't advocate for myself enough. And so that was a lesson learned late, unfortunately, but you know, it, it's a good lesson in life now. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh you just made me kick myself. I, I didn't make it to 600 games before I, uh, you know, got the popcorn treatment. I got that right away. Uh, but I, I went about that. You know, that was my whole career was just yeah. making sure I was a good guy in the locker room. You know, I'd show up every day just nervous to look at that board and see if I was on it. And if I wasn't, you know, I'd take a couple minutes to reset and be like, okay, hey, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the, whatever, you know, I'm going to boost guys up. I'm going to go out and I'm going to push it on the bag skate. I'm, you know, just never going to complain. Yep. I remember having a trainer, you know, after I just got rinsed in St. Louis one time, you know, I came off and he looked at me and he goes, Strax, like, I think I hadn't played in a couple months kind of thing. And he's just like, Strax, you're getting like, you're giving, they're giving it too hard and you haven't played forever. And I have never heard you say one like bad word. You come off every day with a smile on your face. Like, how do you do it? And I mean, I was just happy to be there. Yeah. But I mean, then you see those other guys and yeah, they're, they're not afraid to be vocal. And, you know, like you said, the squeaky wheel, and then mm -hmm. they end up getting in and getting play. And it doesn't seem fair. And that's not what you you know, you don't want to look at the culture and, and say to guys, hey, you guys should all be bitching about things. Yeah. But you definitely, the advocate, step up, you know, have those conversations. I, that's something I've always told young guys. I'm like, if something's going on, don't be afraid to go in and have that conversation, right? Like, yeah. Well, and, and you guys know too, right? Like, Krolls, you've seen it with guys that you appreciate a good teammate that just puts in their work and the ones that are, that are out there always in the coach's ear and moping around the rink. It's like, like, what's that guy doing? It, it pisses you off. Right. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and you, it, you have to balance what's more important to you, right? Like your reputation, maybe amongst the players and, and at least, and, and internally, 
versus your career, right? And whether or not that complaining is going to, you know, further your career or whatever, I have I have no idea. Maybe in some cases, but you have to also kind of you think about your reputation a little bit too. And it's like, you know what? Hopefully this doesn't end here, but at least the guys will see, you know, like what what I'm what I'm doing, and if that helps anybody get better. Like I look back when I put a Taylor Chorney in Washington and that guy just worked his tail off and yeah. he, he was out so many games and every game he came in, he played great. Then he was back out again. And I appreciated that so much. And when I started going through this, I texted Chor and I'm just like, dude, I, the only reason I'm doing this and getting through this right now without being a big baby is because I saw, I saw you do it. And so it, to, to me, that was more important at the time, but looking back on it now, I'm just like, you know, I'm, I should have had a little bit more of a, a, a balance and maybe a little bit more selfish, even though it's hard. It's hard to say even now to be a little bit more selfish, but you know, you, you do have to think about, think about that sometimes. So, you know, it's whatever at well, this point. <laughs> as two ex teammates, they know, you know, you're number two on the podcast for a reason, uh, <laughs> you know, the respect that, you know, the respect you have, you know, across the league and, you know, from fans and teammates is amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. That's uh, to me, that's the way I'd want to live my life is to have that respect mm-hmm. and live it, you know, the right way and then not be that guy. So I, I know what you mean. It's tough. You kind of kick yourself and, and hockey's hockey's a tough life. So you're, you're trying to figure out, the best way to make that career, but at the same time, the reputation is important. So, yeah, I, I would say this: if it was if it was my second year in the league, maybe I, I would have gone about it a little bit differently because I would have been fighting for my life. You know, I would have mm-hmm. I would have yeah. felt like I was backed into a corner. But you know, I was I was lucky that that was that was year eleven when that happened, and mm-hmm. you know, I was I had. I had um, convinced Montreal to pay me a bunch of money. And so I was like, you know what? Like, it, yeah. it's okay right now. I was trying to think about the positives that we, we do have something good here. And so maybe that that helped a lot. But yeah, I mean, if it was yeah. earlier in my career, I, I would have been, you know, clawing yeah. to, to get back in there. But, you know, it, it's a good it's a good lesson. I'm, and I'll, uh, I'll make sure I, I try and tell people about it as much as I can now because they always want everyone wants to know like how did it end you know why did this happen i've had a lot of fans from montreal ask me like what did you do to the coaches like why did they hate you and this and that and it's like yeah. i'm like i don't have answers for you i can't tell you so it's it's just yeah. interesting there's a lot of stuff that happens as you guys know there's a lot of things that happen in the room that no one ever gets to really hear details about yeah. well you you said you mentioned it earlier um you know it seems like the, how many hockey players go out on their own terms not many, you know, very, very few. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so yeah, but your, yours was an interesting case. You know, uh, you look at your social media and it says, uh, unofficially retired, <laughs> I believe. Yeah, it does. It, 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 yeah. <laughs> is that true? So, um, you yeah. know, obviously it wasn't the way you want it, but that's kind of the way it was for all of us. I think, you know, you kind of, it just happens and that's you know that's one of the scary things and that's one of the parts of you know what what i guess we're trying to do with this is it's hard to plan right it's most most people go to school get out 22 get a job and just slowly work their way up their ladder and that's their career projection right Mm -hmm. where we're in our 20s and we get that opportunity and you want to make the most of it and you don't know when that transition is going to come 
So take advantage of the time that you have while you're playing and, and, you know, make those relationships and, and learn as much as you can. And, you know, if you can look back and think how valuable those conversations with your neighbor instead of picking weeds were. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I was multitasking, actually. I was talking and picking. <laughs> yeah. No, but you, yeah. it, I mean, you guys are right, though. It's uh, you. Um, I, I guarantee you guys have had the conversation with lots of people where they always ask you, like, "What's your plan B?" Right? Like, what happens mm-hmm. if if this doesn't work? You know, and the, the you're always like, "No, it's going to work." Right? Like, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna play in the NHL. It's gonna be great, and and no worries, right off into the sunset. Um, but you know, to me, and obviously. You know, with you guys as well, that's that's not enough, right? Not enough just saying that it's going to work. You gotta, you have to take the extra time to think about it. And for me, it wasn't, it wasn't. I wasn't hitting the books, you know, away from the rink and and trying to get myself smarter and smarter. I was trying to um, meet more and more people, you know, and build more and more bonds. That's that's the type of person I am. Is I I try and I try and reach out to as many of my ex-teammates as possible once a month, once every few months, and even a year, whatever it is. Or if I see something on social media, just your know, message here and there to try and try and keep up that relationship. Um, just because you never know, might be able to help somebody out at some point, they might be able to help you out. And, and, it, and, it, you know, I, that, that was what my investment into my post hockey career was, right. Was, was getting to meet people like Steve Alexi, for example, like you guys know Steve Alexi, right? Like yep. just, just recently he he retired finally and we've been keeping in touch and um he was i was asking what he was up to now and and he told me he was trying to figure out what kind of what next phase was and i'm like i i got an opportunity for you and i called up a guy that i met in the cybersecurity world and i'm like hey got this guy played with him in wash ex hockey player great guy great relationship guy i think he'd yeah. be awesome for cybersecurity sales he's like send him my info so send over the info and Steve-O's got a job, you know, now he's working in the industry too. Right. So it's just like, that's awesome. to me, that's, that was my investment in my plan B. And so, so far it's working, but, but yeah, you, it, it's just goes, kind of goes back to always thinking about, you know, wh- where things could end. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so good. And, um, gosh, full of like really good wisdom there, Carl. Uh, and I don't know if like partway through there, you were, it was like an indirect jab at me because like I was that nerd on our bus. Um, <laughs> like I was studying and the guys would give me a hard time. I think I was probably one of the the, the CFA exams that I was grinding on back, uh, back in those days. But um, yeah, re- re- really good, re- really good insight for, for, for young guys coming up in their career. And 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 then just to, just to transition a little bit, you know, we 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 help people with planning, and, and you know, you, you mentioned, um, you know, things in terms. Of you, you were able to, to sign a nice deal there in Montreal, and and um, financially, that that clearly, um, it was able to to support you and your family. Um, but just what what would you say financially? Um, maybe the best piece of advice you were given throughout your career or, or you know, for, for some people, you learned some of your best financial lessons really early on from mom or dad. But, um, you know, what, what, what would you say in terms of uh, best financial advice you've received? It's a it's a hard question um, because like I, I knew nothing about finance, nothing about I did no I had no idea where to go. And so I leaned heavily on my agent at the beginning, um, to kind of guide me towards a couple advisors. Um, and then after that, it was just based off of 
you know, who, who I gelled with, who I thought our visions kind of aligned. And, um, you know, I, I grew up with, uh, you know, my, my parents always were, were, you know, it was like a lot of people paycheck to paycheck. We're mm-hmm. investing all of our money in, in the kids and their sports and we'll just figure everything else out on the back end. And so for me, I was like, I, I need somebody that's going to help me save, right? It's going to keep me, keep me in line here and make sure that I don't get myself into a situation when I'm older. And so we found that person and, and his right from the start was always like, this is our goal for you when everything is done, right? So let's build towards that goal. And so, um, I've always tried to set goals in hockey, but in finance, I was never really thinking about that, right? You're just thinking about that next two week paycheck, you know, like, let's just get that in the bank and we'll figure it out after. But then he gave me these goals and I'm just like, okay, like this is what we build towards right here. So, so I thought that was, that was nice that it was, it was laid out. It was, let's think 10 years down the road here, right? Let's not just think about two weeks once you get, once you get your paycheck. Um, so I I thought that was very helpful. And then a lesson that I learned was, was, (laughs) was, uh, the lesson that a lot of young athletes learn, I think, is is someone comes to you with an investment idea and you're like, oh, it's a guarantee. You can't, can't lose, right? We're going to quadruple our money here. And me yeah. along with five, I think, other teammates, um, my wife's parents, a um, bunch of people ended up investing some money in, in something and it, it went belly up. Turned out yeah, that yeah. the the management was not not great, which were things we had no idea about. Um, probably didn't do enough due diligence. Um, so I learned there: be be a little bit smarter. You know, don't be so reactive yeah. with uh, with yeah. something. When someone says it's a it's a sure thing, it's probably not a sure thing, right? There isn't really anything Never like is. that. Never, Never is. is. So Never I learned. Never is. I was lucky that I didn't put a ton of money into it, but I learned right away that you know, I, any it can happen to anybody, right? It's not yeah. just a yeah. story that you hear; it, it happens. And uh, and so yeah, I learned that the hard way, pretty quick. And so I'm I'm a little bit more cautious these days with that. It's it's unfortunate, but uh, I think a lot of us go through that, right? It's a as much as many you know people through your lives would give you the advice and tell you you know be smart do this blah 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 you get in those situations and and, and a lot of us make those mistakes right and yep. you kind of have to learn it for yourself and that's that sucks um i know that's you know a big piece of everything that uh, i talk about all the time is is a lot of the mistakes i, I made along the way so uh but they, they teach you they're they're hard lessons to, to learn, but I mean it's why you know talk about taking the jab at, at Crozy. I, I was lucky enough that he was that guy that you know from day one that I met him at university, he, he had a goal in mind that you know he was gonna go as far as he could in hockey, but he was focused that he was gonna you know be in finance, right and he had this dream and and he created this firm and so my last, what, three, four years of playing was, you know, mm-hmm. doing doing the yoga and, you know, started studying, did the MBA and everything, started working towards it. And so kind of the first half of my career was making terrible decisions and, and <laughs> learning from them. And now I get the opportunity to have this podcast and have this kind of platform where we can come on and, you know, and share some of those 
bad stories and, and hopefully it helps some of the guys along the way. But like you said, there, there's never a free lunch, right? So anytime, mm-hmm. and there's so many of those in the locker room, right? How many guys come oh, in and say, so much bad I, stuff. The stuff that comes across our desk, like, oh, what do you think about this? It's like, oh my goodness, is this look bad? Like, oh, yeah, I could only imagine, right? I, I, that, well, and that's the thing yeah. going back to my financial guy. It's like, he's really great at bringing me back down to life. You know, my wife yeah. is as well. Cause I've, I'm all, I've always been an ideas guy. You know, I'm, I'm always like, let's, let's try this out. You know, let's give this a shot. And, you know, there, there is an element of, of that being good. You know, sometimes you do have to take that risk to, you know, make that investment to, to, to move up the ladder and stuff like that. And, and I have done that since, but it's a little bit more calculated, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's the same thing going back to listening to advice from, from, you know, your, your wife and the doctor, you know, your mom and the TV guy or the ex player, right? It's listen, listen to everybody, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and get, a, get a bit more of a well-rounded picture because I'm not an expert in this. I know, like, I'll give you an example. I invested in, in a product um, fairly recently, a year and a half, two years ago, um, that sure enough, two other teammates have also, ex-teammates have invested in. But, you know, this time around, I, the only thing that went through my mind is like, hey, remember we got rinsed last time? Like, let's, let's figure out who runs this thing. You know, let's figure out where this money's going. All, all the things, all the questions that you should ask. And there's still an element of, of you know, unknown that's there. But it was a calculated risk and, yep. you know, enough money that you're willing to, willing to lose and all that stuff. And, and yeah, that, I mean, we're, so we're, we're in a position like that. But I wanted to get back to, to, to the jab, my internet was cutting out. And I wanted to rebuttal. I wasn't taking a jab at you. I was jealous of that. Like I, I wish that I could have done that, but I was, I was more focused on you know wanting to get in the card game or you know catching up on that show, and I didn't have that that you know in the back of my mind thinking I really should spend this time time learning. And then towards the end of my career, when I was when I was going up and down um, in Montreal, that that's when it first started coming to me. It's like you know what? Why didn't I spend more time? learning these things, right? Like I've been sitting in a hotel room for way too many nights staring at the TV when I should have been doing something else. So then the last two years, I, you know, I spent, you know, doing a little bit more research. I tried to teach myself uh, Mandarin the one year and I'm just like, why wasn't I doing this stuff? By the way, it's freaking hard. It's extremely (laughs) hard. I ended up up stopping because my pronunciation on this one sentence wasn't, wasn't good enough. So it wouldn't let me graduate to the next level. And I didn't know how to circumvent the system so i was just like what do i do so i ended up stopping so i got like very very basic stuff and and i haven't taken it up since because mandy thinks that it's a waste of time but i don't know we'll we'll, maybe we'll get back into it at some point you never know Cybersecurity and and what's going on in china with their yeah i mean it could be could be good Mm -hmm. it could also be a red flag that that i'm learning it so who who knows right (laughs) (laughs) government's watching that stuff too you're on a list somewhere i'm on a list now i i I have rosetta stone uh mandarin i've been on put on a list (laughs) that's awesome carl yeah um all right. So, so obviously we talked hockey, we talked finance a little bit. Um, and just what we always like to kind of close just very, very big picture, like just, just life in general guy, uh, you know, advice that you would give younger guys starting out. Um, but the best advice you ever received, just, just life in general. Well, I think we kind of touched on it, like with, <clears throat> with the squeaky wheel stuff, right? Like, I think that, that, um, that, 
I think you need to be a good person, obviously, first and foremost. I think that I think that is that is the best advice. Be a good person. Um, and it's standard. Treat people the way you want to be treated. But I I think that you can be a, a yes man or a yes person and and always say yes to everything. Um, but you also need to learn when to say no, when when to take time for yourself, when to yeah. when to realize is is this investment of time worth it for you, right? I think that's something that I'm still trying to learn right now because you know I've I've if somebody says you know you what's the song you find out who your friends are right somebody's gonna drop everything you know I think that's I think that's great I think that's great to a point but I also think that you need to you need to figure out what, investing your time wisely as well um, as your as your money uh, you know making sure that you are doing the things that that check your box check your family's box and then check whatever your you know, your day-to-day life, your business boxes as well, right? Don't just yeah. keep checking off the box. I helped my friend out today. Oh, I, I did this for that person. I answered that that call, you know, like this is this is yeah. family time. This mm-hmm. is work time. This is you time, right? So I think I'd say that's kind of um what I'm what I'm really working on right now is mm-hmm. is more life management, you know, making sure that you yeah. you yeah. fill up all the cups, not just not overflow one and leave one just running on fumes. So I uh, it's it's always a work in progress, man. I am so far from perfect, but I'm trying yeah. to I'm trying to at least get closer to to being even. Right? <laughs> we've taken so much time, we've monopolized so much time ourselves trying to play hockey. Right? That, mm-hmm. that it's it's yeah. it's time to give back um, while still while still trying to fill up your cup. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so well, good. Especially that's, that's in so today's good. day and age, I think you know you mm-hmm. get pulled in so many directions. And- I don't know. I find if you if you learn how to do it, like please come teach me because <laughs> I, I I think that just in me that uh, you know small town Saskatchewan guy, it's like yeah, if the neighbor you know whatever happens there, I'll drop everything and you yeah. know and I'm, and I'm over there helping and I feel good about myself doing that. But at some point, you start saying, "Man, I, I, I took a lot of time away from you know other things that I could be doing," and and you're trying to find that work life balance, and you know, you know, getting into this second career, the the amount of two thirty in the mornings I've I've done, and yeah. you know where where I could be spending time with my wife, right? So it's mm-hmm. like you, you're it's it's always going to be a constant battle. Johan's been doing this for what eight. Nine years yeah, now. Nine years. Oh and, yeah, our own business now for about nine years. Yes. You know, and how and how many times have I heard you say, "Man, just next year, I'm I'm not going to do 14 hours at the office." You know, <laughs> like I, I, I'm going to get home and spend that extra time with the family, and it's it's always going to be a constant battle, right? So mm-hmm. I think that that's super good advice. It's something that we could all definitely learn from and and we'll probably battle with for forever yeah but uh well it's why yeah. it's one of those like, things I why like we think word, you're such a great guy yeah <laughs> i like the word being really intentional right yeah. like just just yeah. you got to be so intentional prioritizing what's most important to you right mm-hmm. and yeah. um yeah so, i yeah. was with uh i we try and do you know like getting back to staying in touch with people so um holtby moved back to uh to DC as well, Mike Green as well. And so trying to make sure that we 
we take time to hang out with each other, right? Like, yeah, cause you get yeah. so caught up with kids and, and everything else going on that you don't. And so we, we go for, we go for coffee once a week. And so we went this morning and we were talking about text messages on your phone, right? We're saying how, yeah. you know, me and me and Mandy are both, we try and be very diligent with a text. Like if we get it, mm-hmm. if you can't respond right away for like, you know, cause obviously something really important is happening, make sure you get back. Right. If it needs a response, obviously, yeah. Even if it's just a thumbs up, whatever, get back to the no. person. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I try my best to do that. And we were talking today and Holtz is like, he's like, yeah, I'm bad at that. I sometimes just, uh, just don't respond. And we're like, like, do you leave like unopened text messages on your phone? He's like a few, we're like, how many do you have right now? He's like 300 something. I'm like, Oh my God, how do you do that? Like that's 300 people. 300 messages that yeah. you haven't got back to. And then thought about for a second, I'm like, man, I'm kind of jealous, you know, like I I'm, I'm kind of jealous that I could disconnect enough to focus on mm-hmm. some of the things that I need to do instead of, you know, whatever it is, staying up till midnight, answering the text messages you didn't answer. But, you know, it yeah. goes back to being, you know, we said you, 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 you have a standard for yourself and people ask something of you, you want to get there for them. But but yeah, it's it's a balance. So I'm I'm trying to take a little bit of a uh, little bit of Holt's life advice too. <laughs> Just yeah. learn it every day, right? <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, that's funny. That that's awesome. Yeah, and we we uh, like, and I've been doing this more recently. But like, I I'll try to go a 24 hour period. So usually it's like Saturday afternoon to Sunday afternoon, where I just don't have my phone. Yeah, I just like yeah. hide it in my. Yeah, I just throw it in a drawer. And well, like I'll text like, you know, mom, dad, and people that would get worried about me if they don't hear about, but like, yeah, it is so liberating, like not having your phone and like, leave, like driving somewhere without your, it is so liberating. It's, like it's awkward at first, but it yeah. feels, feels it good. So good. So, well, well I don't, don't take up too much, too much of your guys' time, but I got, I always have like stories or ways to relate. I did that once when I was playing, like, you know what? I'm so sick of this thing. I'm going to leave it in the car tonight. And I'm going to get it in the morning. And I'm just not going to think about the phone. So I go and pick it up the next morning. And I had 13 missed calls, about 20 text messages. And it was from our PR guy. And I had I had two radio interviews to do that evening that I forgot about. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I guess I can't completely disconnect, right? You can never quite do that. And I'm like, when I retire, I'm disconnecting. I'm getting rid of this thing. I'm going to get a flip phone and no internet on it. And you know, now I get into the thing that I'm doing now and it's just not possible. So <laughs> I like that idea yeah. though. Do it on the weekend. You can keep it yeah. close. You don't have to yeah. check it all the time, right? Yeah. You just yeah. ahead of time. You gotta let your you know, people that would be worried about you just let them I'm not gonna have my phone. I'm yeah I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay. In, in, in cybersecurity they don't probably look highly on flip phones. <laughs> <laughs> they probably think it's more secure, honestly. Yeah, you're <laughs> harder right, to hack you're right. into. Yeah. But I mean just to to go back to that I mean, what you said about being intentional, because, you know, I, I mean, working with you on, that's just one of those things now that we know, mm-hmm. you know, it's like the weekend is family time. And, you know, for that period, he's not going to, you know, so I don't reach out to him on the weekend. And that's his time to be with family. And I, I think that's, I, I've respected that so much. It's not something I've been able to do myself. But, uh, you know, hopefully we get there at some point. You and I all will we'll eventually put our phones away. It's a little bit at a time, right? Just just baby steps. But I mean, I, I'm curious now that I have 
you guys here. Look, I would love to know what you guys advice would be right now with everything happening, right? Like it's crazy for a lot of people, panic, panic button being hit everywhere, especially with, yeah. with finance and, and all that stuff. I'm, I'm curious what, like what, what's the advice you've been giving people? Gosh, well, that's, I, I, I could take a couple hours and answer that. Um, <laughs> like the, the, yeah. the maybe 60 second answer would be um, like, you need to have a plan. Right. Mm-hmm. There like uncertainty. There will always be uncertainty in in one way or another. So so uh like short term, I know it's cliche, but like from a financial planning perspective, we always say, Hey, like if, if if there are certain funds that you need in the next, you know, one to two to three years, like they should not be at risk at all. They should be um very liquid um and, and just don't don't expose yourself to, to risk in the short term because anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Right. And then um, yeah, more intermediate. Yeah. You take a little bit more risk with funds. You might need three to 10 years from now and, and longer term, like you embrace that uncertainty, knowing that things will be volatile and, and, and you, you, you try to earn a return that's going to be in excess of inflation. Right. And, um, I know how, you know, at least half of what I just say is quite cliche, but there's, you know, hundreds of years of data that supports that's, you know, a, a very prudent and sound way of kind of looking at it and planning. And so, um, I don't know, Strax, what is it? Would you add anything else to that? Well, yeah, just that, I mean, to, to use your own words about, about the panic buttons and stuff, it's like one of the first things we talk to people about, you know, and, and everybody's different in their levels of it, but, you know, if you're not waking up every morning and turning on MSNBC or, you know, like the people that are hitting the panic buttons and all that stuff that you're listening to, like, it's just all clutter, right? It's, it's people out there that make a living off of, you know, selling you that fear. Either we're going to the moon or the sky is falling. It's one or the other, right? They're, they're not going to come out and say, Hey, everything's okay. You know, it's, it's just not what's going to happen. So you know, like Johan said, we, you, you put a plan together. You mentioned it earlier about the investments that, you, you know, you know, once you kind of learn that stuff, it, it's, you know, the, there's a certain amount that you're, you're willing, you said, willing to lose, right? Willing to risk, you mm-hmm. know, risk and reward is the, you know, the most simple concept of, of finance, right? The most basic thing. So it's, uh, yeah, finding a plan that works for everybody. Hockey's interesting because we always have that, you know, you're trying to bridge that gap, right? There's only a handful of guys in the league that really are making enough money that they're just going to live off that money, Mm -hmm. you know, until retirement, right? So you need to have a plan. 99% of us look back on our career, like you said, and said, man, how much time did I have that I could have been learning this stuff? You know, Johan's the point zero one percent that the exceptions sat and read textbooks yeah. on, on the on the Man, bus. Well, and it might have just been I wasn't good enough at hockey. One or the other. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. <laughs> no, no, it's not the hockey. Maybe you weren't into cards enough, you know? Like <laughs> but but I mean one of the things on this side that I've noticed is you know, ho- hockey players love thinking that they're busy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in a way we are, but I mean, our focus was always, everything was about 
being the best hockey player you could be the next day, right? So every day was just a, a circle of, you know, making sure you got sleep, eat, right? All that stuff. It was all focus. How many naps we took and stuff, you know, that really, if you look back on it, probably could have been, you know, taken in a half hour podcast or something, just learning, learning something, right? On that, mm-hmm. on that bus ride, that plane ride, instead of, you know, jumping in the card game, et cetera. But it's, it's, it's hard when you're in it. And then, like you said, you, you start to get to the end, you see it. And all of a sudden, that's when you start hitting the panic button going like, do I have a plan? Like, am I ready for this? Mm-hmm. You know, because I know for you, it ended, you know, not the way you wanted it to. For me, it ended not the way I wanted it to. You know, it just, it just doesn't work out for most guys like that. We don't all sail off into the sunset. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you early on can, you know, one of the biggest things I, I keep thinking about, you know, the longer I'm in this and I, I wish that, really the NHL and the PA and stuff got more involved in this, but, you know, just on an education side, you know, of talking to the young guys, because we sat through all of those meetings at the beginning of the year where they talk about, you know, how to yeah. talk to girls and not yeah. text and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> you think they couldn't spend five minutes and say, here's three good questions. You could, you know, when somebody approaches you with a financial you know, investment, blah, 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 or, you know, you're interviewing advisors. Here's some good things to look at, right? Yeah. Like just simple, simple things. But uh, I mean, again, that's, that's the point of, you know, why you created this group and now why we're having this podcast and, and, you know, hopefully we got enough guys on here sharing those lessons and some people will listen. Yeah. I, I definitely think you'll get that. And I, I love you said, hockey players thinking that they're busy all the time it's so so freaking true i'm thinking how much free time we had then that uh, i wish that i still had so no it's good all that's all really great advice that so many people want to they just they want to think about money they just want to boil the ocean they just want they want it all now let's 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 do it let's get it and it's just it's a patient game and you got to be smart about it and 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 listen listen to people like you so that's good stuff and it's hard. Stuff, it's the, the keeping up with the Joneses stuff too is a little bit hard, right? You know, everybody's everybody's got a different level, you know. So that's stuff too. Stay within your means. We uh, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Um, yeah. Uh, JV, any, any last uh, things you want to mention? Any causes, charities, or any anything we can give a little bit of? I mean, uh, there. There's so much going on right now. It'll take it'll yeah. take another hour for just to explain everything. But you know, eventually, we're me and me and Hopi are working on a uh, um, some charity stuff out here. We're gonna get a, a yeah, slow good. pitch uh, game and home run derby going. Hopefully, nice. at the end, towards the end of this summer. Um, you know, just one of the other things that we trying to give back to this area. So we'll yeah. we'll get there at some point. But yeah, the rest of the stuff. I mean, it's. It's just what we do. Just, just yep. trying to trying yeah. to pick away at things. So we'll keep grinding. I'll let you guys know if this uh, this latest investment with uh, teammates flies or, or fl- yeah. falls flat. <laughs> I'll keep you posted on that. Yeah, <laughs> please awesome. do, please do. Well, I know you guys. It's, I mean, DC is lucky that uh, they got you guys back there. You know, you mm-hmm. guys are kind of a heart and soul. You've been there for a long time, and uh, I, I see the you know the fans just 
the messages and stuff. Excited to have you guys back in town. So <laughs> I'm pumped for you that you got back into hockey broadcasting. That's really cool. So we appreciate, appreciate you it. taking the time today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me and good luck with this. I'm sure you guys can do great. Thanks. Through this podcast, the information provided by the Hockey Wealth Group is for educational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, or legal advice. You should consult a financial professional familiar with the specific circumstances of your unique financial situation before making any financial decisions. Nothing in this broadcast constitutes a solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities. Any mentioned rates of return are historical or hypothetical in nature and are not a guarantee of future returns. Johan Kroll, CFA, CFP, and Tyson Strachan, MBA, are investment advisor representatives of Oceanside Advisors DBA, the Hockey Wealth Group, and SEC-registered investment advisor.